Bishop Robert Barron has been elected as the chairman overseeing laity, marriage, family life, and youth. Now, I thought this was very interesting because I had a little bit of a, not substantial, small interaction with Bishop Barron on the role of the lady previously. And I find it interesting to see not only Bishop Barron elected to these leadership positions, but also five other bishops elected. And what I find fascinating about it is it shows you the voting habits of the United States bishops and who they want to be in leadership. Let me say that again. Who they, the bishops of the USCCB, bishops for the most part, not all, but for the most part, men I do not trust. Who they are voting for, for leadership. And in reality, the face of the church in the future in the United States of America. So I'm going to go through which bishops won their elections, which would include Bishop Barron, which bishops lost their elections, and then I'm going to go in and talk about Bishop Barron's perspective on the laity, on uh, family life, youth, etc. Before we do all that, I invite you to pray with me. We'll ask God to help us, and we'll pray the Our Father in Latin. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, Sanctificetur Nomen Tuum, Adveniat Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Secut in Celo et in Terra, Panum Nostrum Quotidianum Lenobis Odiae, Et emite Nobis Debita Nostra, Secut et Nos Dimittimus Debitoribus Nostris, Et Nenos Inducas in Tentationem, Se Libra Nos Amado. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Blessed be God. All right, before I went live, I put up a poll because I just wanted to hear from y'all on this new election of Bishop Barron uh, and his new chairman post. And the question was just pretty clear. It says, should Bishop Barron be leader on la uh, laity, marriage, family life, and youth? And 79% of you said no. Um, not so fast. Uh, there are some concerns here. Some people are saying that the streaming is a bit spotty. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Uh, well, anyway, I think the reason for that, I'll just keep going. And if it's a bad stream, I'll uh, just scrap it or we'll do it again another time. Um, I think there is concern for a couple of reasons. One is Bishop Barron is vocally very pro Nouvelle Théologie, Ressourcement, what does that mean? He very much supports the likes of Balthazar, Rahner, de Lubach, all these forerunners, these theologians, up into Vatican II. And Bishop Barron is an enthusiast for Vatican II, and he often is citing it to explain and justify his actions and his teachings. I would say in the American scene, there's probably no other bishop who's more of a cheerleader for Vatican II and post-Vatican II spirituality and liturgy than Bishop Barron. But the bigger concern I have when I saw this election happen has to do with this interaction right 
here. Okay, so you might recall um, when things were getting a little bit crazy, especially out in California, people were pulling down statues of Junipero Serra, Juniper Serra. And people were outraged. They were like, where are the Catholics? Where are the bishops? Where are the priests? Why aren't they saying anything? Why are they not even out there? I think I made a video at that time saying that, you know, the bishops of California should be out there standing in front of these images of the saints. I mean, the Seventh Ecumenical Council says that we sanctify, hallow, bless sacred images, and any honor given to them passes on as honor to that saint, and any sacrilege or abuse passes on to that saint. That's why these attacking a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary or an icon of Peter is gravely sinful. It's very bad if done for, with ill intent. Because that's a whole ecumenical council, the second Nicene council, the bishops should be upholding that by honoring and protecting the images. And so people were saying, where are the bishops? Where are the bishops? So there, there was this exchange right here. That was the back context. And the bishops, what they do? They issued a letter. They did nothing. They put out a letter. And this person, Nicole Early Gray, great, another letter. What action are you going to do? It's time to go into the streets and talk in person with Antifa and BLM. You also need to get men out and stand guard around the other valuable statues. Bishop Robert Barron responds, that's the lady's job, exclamation point. You are meant to sanctify the public space. The bishops aren't police officers or politicians or community organizers. Vatican II taught that the secular arena belongs to the laity, end quote. Now, I asked in response, where in Vatican II does it teach that? And I was blocked by Bishop Barron. Uh, we talked about that before. No offense. I understand it. I'm on social media, too. I get it. I get it. Um, but I would like to know where in Vatican II that is taught because I don't I've never seen it in there. Um, maybe it could be deduced, but I don't think it's in there. And of course, the public space belongs to Christ the King. You see, there's not one acre, one square mile, one square inch on planet Earth that does not belong to Jesus Christ. There is no place on Earth where Christ does not say, this belongs to me. He is the Logos. It was all created through him. It was all redeemed through him at the cross. So everything belongs to him. And the bishops who have the gifts and the charism, the munis to sanctify, to govern, they too have a responsibility in the public space. In fact, I think, I'm going off memory here, but I think it was St. Alphonsus Liguori that said that any business or public occupation that is sinful or against the common good within a diocese the bishop is responsible for overcoming that negative sinful business so if there's a um, major district of prostitution it is the bishop's role to see that that becomes undone removed uh, i think that could apply to you know places of ill repute pornography um you know, maybe gambling, illicit fighting, I don't know, okay? These kind of things, that belongs under the purview of the bishop. See, the bishop can't just say, well, that's the laity's job. No, he is the shepherd of the laity. 
we laity, if people are attacking Catholic statues, we should, in a sense of filial piety, cast our eyes to our bishop and say, lead us. What's the right response here? He can't just sit up in his apostolic palace or his rectory and say, well, that's y'all's job. And that response, by the way, by Bishop Barron, outraged a lot of people at the time. It was sort of the let them eat cake moment. It was after we've had all this scandal with Theodore McCarrick, where it's sort of like, well, the lady don't really need to know, and they're kind of dumb, so let's keep them in the dark. Well, now we have actual Catholic saints in public spaces being attacked, and we look to our bishops, and they say, huh, that's the laity's job, exclamation mark. Now, fortunately, Bishop Barron did do the right thing. He did kind of change course. He did go and pray a rosary and get more vocal, which was interesting because if he's saying it wasn't his job, it was the lazy job, why, when all the criticism happened, did he do an about face and then do the laity's job? And so I just found it interesting that despite that past controversy of that's the lady's job, he is now officially elected as the chairman for the USCCB for the laity. Now, who else was elected? I believe six offices were filled. Uh, Bishop James Chechechio, uh, Chechechio, Chechio of Metuchen, by the way, that was uh, McCarrick's first diocese of New Jersey, he defeated Archbishop Paul Etienne of Seattle. Vote 135 to 106. That was for the Office of Treasurer, the Committee on Budget and Finance, watching the money in the USCCB. What an interesting job that might be. The next one was Bishop Earl Boyea of Lansing, Michigan. He was elected chairman of the Committee on Clergy and Consecrated Lives, and he was elected over Archbishop Aquila of Denver, vote 137 to 103. This one's interesting to me because Archbishop Aquila is perceived as being more conservative. And he's an archbishop. And yet he was outvoted or defeated by Bishop uh, Earl Boyea. Hopefully I'm saying that correct. The next one's really interesting. This is Bishop Stephen Lopes. He's the bishop of the ordinariate the Anglican Ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter. He oversees the Anglican Ordinariate Priests and Liturgy. And he was elected as the chairman for the Committee on Divine Worship. That's another interesting one to see that they're promoting, everyone perceives, of course, the Anglican Book of Divine Worship as more conservative. Of course, they have Ad Orientum, Communion on the Knees, uh, not always Communion on the Tongue, I, I believe. I think there is in the hand tolerated, but definitely a, a more conservative direction. So to see him as the chairman for divine worship is also, I think, revealing. I think this shows that the United States bishops know that a major albatross around their neck is just the pedestrian banality of what has become the Novus Ordo. And more and more people are being vocal about it. And we're seeing you know, films like Mass of the Ages and other places, this podcast here, constantly talking about the traditional Latin Mass. Find the traditional Latin Mass. Uh, Bishop Stephen Lopes, he uh, was elected over Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky of St. Louis. The vote was 121 to 120. So you see that as right neck and neck. 
the bishops of the United States, half of them, 51% wanted Bishop Lopes, 49%, I'm just being rough here, wanted Archbishop Mitchell Lozanski of St. Louis, a little bit perceived as more liberal. The next is the bishop-elected Archbishop Boris Gudziak of the Ukrainian Catholic Eparchy of Philadelphia as the chairman-elect for the Committee on Domestic Justice and Human Development over, interestingly enough, Bishop Papraki of Springfield, Illinois. Vote 125 to 116. I've already talked about Bishop Barron. Interestingly enough, he won by a big margin, 140 to 103, over Bishop Edward Burns, Bishop of Dallas, down here in our backyard here in Texas. And then last of all was one that you've heard me talk about on the channel, Bishop Mark Seitz of El Paso, Texas. He defeated Archbishop Thomas Wenske of Miami, vote 127 to 116 as chairman on migration. Now, Bishop Seitz was the one that you saw holding, I think it was the BLM sign on the border. Um, he received the phone call from Pope Francis. I'm pretty sure I did a whole podcast on that whenever that was over um, a year ago. So what you're seeing here is really the new leadership, the new face, um, the emerging favorites of the USCCB. Mark, Bishop Mark Seitz for immigration, uh, Bishop Barron for laity, and you know, what's interesting about Bishop Barron is some bishops don't like him because he's an auxiliary bishop, but he's super famous. He's the most famous and well-known bishop in the United States because of YouTube and his work with Word on Fire, but he's just an auxiliary bishop, right? So he's low down the pole, but very influential and very famous. And because of that, some bishops have resented him. But now we're starting to see that he's moving up. For example, I believe it was last year, um, he read the decree of the USCCB condemning the death penalty, um, which is contrary to the Catholic tradition received as of up to 2020, uh, which is amazing to me. So Bishop Barron was involved in that. He's also been much more vocal in, in defending and promoting Pope Francis, and especially in the last two or three years, promoting Vatican II and the Novus Ordo liturgy. So, and then the Bishop Lopes thing is also interesting, even though it was so close. So these are the new faces. And um, I think the bishops know that they have a, they have a problem in the public arena. There's a PR problem because they're perceived as not caring and they know that the laity are running away ever since COVID. Uh, if there's some problem with spamming in there, maybe one of our moderators in the live chat could could deal with that. That'd be great. Um, and they're also starting to see, I'm going to take this part down, they're also starting to see that there is a pushback, hopefully a respectful resistance to what the USCCB is trying to accomplish. And that is to implement the agenda of Pope Francis which concerns me in regard to, especially this year, liturgy and what seems to be the suppression and the hindrance of the traditional Latin Mass and not just the traditional Latin Mass, as we saw in Traditionis Custodis, and then the recent uh, document from the Vicariate in Rome outlawing six of the seven sacraments using the traditional 
formularies, the pre-Vatican II formularies. They're seeing this pushback as growing, as vocal, as organized online, and as an emerging movement. It's a disruption. For example, this podcast is a small part of that disruptive voice saying, no, you have robbed our liturgical heritage from us. You have robbed our theological heritage. You have robbed our moral standards and heritage. And you have robbed the money through illicit laundering and shenanigans like London Apartments and funding uh, an Elton John Rocket Man movie. Rocket Man! No, we don't want that anymore. We want that old-timey, good old Roman Catholicism, and that's what we want. And so we're seeing, me in particular, as extremists, as bad boys on the ecclesiastical scene. And this has been said even by Barron. So this was um, someone commenting on his channel, and they were talking about my book, Infiltration, which Barron doesn't like, obviously. And he says, Will from Reject Radio, you can read his latest book. You can read his latest book and not take him for an extremist? Question mark, exclamation mark. And then also when asked about me, he said, Let's see if I can make this bigger. I'm not surprised. In fact, I'm pleased when people on the ideological extremes go after me. It proves I'm on the right course. Well, thank goodness, Bishop Aaron, that it proves you're on the right course. And again, this is just labeling anyone who questions, has concerns. We, and in this context, me, I'm named in the, in the uh, comment above this, that I am in the ideological extremes. And my response is, how can I be in the ideological extremes? All I am asking for and all that I am insisting on is exactly what every single Catholic experienced, believed, and did in, I don't know, you could pick a year before 1970 or 65 or 62. I mean, if I'm extreme, that means every bishop and layperson in 1950 or 40 or 1920 or 1890 were extreme. How am I extreme if I'm holding the exact same beliefs and exact same liturgy. By making these statements, Bishop Barron is condemning all generations before him as ideological extremists. That's not helpful. It's really not helpful. Let's see one else. Oh yeah, someone else asking here. Come on, friend. Did you read his book? This is me. This is talking about infiltration. Did you read his book? I have zero interest in giving him any sort of platform. Okay, so the voices, you know, Francis always talks about the silenced voices, the marginalized, um, those out in the peripheries. Well, guess what? If you're watching today on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, we're in the peripheries. We're marginalized. We're not given a platform by Bishop Barron. Even though I'm, this podcast is probably one of the largest lay voices right now in America. And it's large not because 
I'm such a friendly guy with a nice smile. It's large because the message of returning to the ancient Roman patrimony and traditional Catholicism, not just traditional liturgy, but traditional theology, doctrine, and morality is something that hundreds of thousands of people want. They desire it. So to be honest, Bishop Barron, I don't need you to give me a platform. The people, the laity that you now that you represent now by being voted in by the bishops, this is the platform that they identify with. Not all of them, obviously. I'm an, you can even say a minority, but it's a sizable platform. And until the United States bishops and Bishop Barron and everyone else elected to these chairman positions, until they understand that there is a great Catholic migration going on below them, Catholic dads like me, Catholic moms, Catholic young people, college students are saying, you know, I don't want the weird, the hippie, the groovy liturgies. And I don't want to go to confession. And I know people say, I'm in mortal sin. I did X, Y, Z. And the groovy priest says in the reconciliation room, well, that's not a sin. We know that's not a sin anymore. We're not medieval anymore. People know that they're being played by these modernist priests. And until the USCCB and Bishop Barron realize that the laity are undergoing, are, are actively in a Catholic migration, we are leaving the liberal, modernists, white bread, sermon, all that, and we're going to the traditional parishes and the traditional priests and the traditional confessions, traditional mass. That's the future. They can keep telling us that new Coke is better than Coke classic, but the numbers tell a different story. So my challenge, I won't say challenge. Let me, let me be more humble. Let me try to be, be more filial. My suggestion would be for the USCCB and Bishop Barron to listen to lay people when we say we want that old-time Catholicism. We don't want the 1970s, 80s, whatever, the, the stuff that y'all think is cool. Look, the youth aren't sticking with it. You want to find youth? Where are the youth? Remember that video I made? It was kind of a funny video. And it was Where are the Youth? It was the Heat Waves remix. Go back and check that one out. Where are the youth? The youth are migrating the great Catholic migration, they're migrating to the traditional hubs, the traditional monasteries and convents, and the traditional parishes. That's where they're going. So my suggestion is to address that and to major on that. All right? Not to show. By the way, if you want to migrate, uh, I'm recommending everyone if you want to move to a place like Texas or Kansas or Coeur d'Alene, a place that has traditional Catholic parishes and traditional Catholic people and traditional Catholic young people for your young people to marry, um, you need a good agent. Go to realestateforlife.org, realestateforlife.org, and they can connect you with a real estate agent 
um, who holds our values and can help you find the right place to live with the right house, right neighborhoods, right schools, everything. And make sure you click Dr. Taylor Marshall Show. That's where you heard of it. Uh, what else? If you like this video, give it a like, thumbs up, share it on Facebook, which is now renamed Meta. That's the new mother company, Meta. I talked about that previously about the metaverse. And if you're new, please consider subscribing. And when you subscribe, hit the bell. And the bell will notify you every time I go live. And the most important thing you can do, of course, is pray the rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Of course, it is the lady's job to pray the rosary. It's also the clergy's job. All the clergy should be praying the rosary every day. But the lady also, we pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Pray the rosary, pray the rosary, and pray the rosary. And when you're done, go ahead and pray that rosary one more time. Rattle the beads. Keep them in your pocket. Okay, let's do a Hail Mary. And we're going to pray for the USCCB. We're going to pray for all the bishops in the United States. Conference of Bishops. In nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. And for all the good bishops who have blessed us and blessed the Church, Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat in principio et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Nomini Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. Lady, do your job. Holy marriages, holy families, good catechesis, dads, fathers leading their family in prayer, at meals, at night in the rosary, getting people ready for mass, driving them to confession. Go out there and be salty.